Coach Mike Thomas. Good afternoon. Uh, not a lot to add um, in review of yesterday's performance like we talked about after the game. Um, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect in a lot of fronts, but um, the will that was displayed was and the grit that was displayed was um, I just thought collectively we all stayed in the fight and there are going to be games like that uh, when you're playing good people and obviously the Rams uh, defending NFC representatives in the last Super Bowl is a really good team and so hopefully man we're, we're able to learn from that experience and able to reproduce uh, the results of that as we move forward because we got some stiff challenges that lie ahead. Welcome to the Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious7. This Thursday night, the Cleveland Browns host guests from Northern West Virginia at Ohio Edison Stadium. To help us get ready for that contest, we welcome Joey Bag of Donuts from the Joey Bag of Donuts podcast. At the end of the interview, we're also going to hear a little bit more from Mike Tomlin as he talks about that matchup on Thursday night. But without any further ado, let's get into the piece with Joey bag of donuts is it hello my name is joe toscano my twitter name is joey bag of donuts i have a podcast called the donut bag and covers mostly pittsburgh sports and other goofy stuff i'm a pittsburgh native and a diehard steelers fan i didn't catch the name of the town that you were from but uh i hear that you cover the steelers so let's get into some questions very few fan bases deal with frustrations like those from southwestern Pennsylvania. Early in the year, you certainly got your share of grief. What was it like to experience that early? And can you believe the turnaround which has happened within the last few weeks? It was very hard to deal with uh, the Steelers being bad because the Steelers have been good for almost every year for ever since Ben Roethlisberger was drafted and people around here did not take it well uh, even though we haven't had a losing record in forever and Mike Tomlin hasn't uh, had a losing record in his career people still wanted him fired they blame him for everything things were pretty bad um, the fan base did not take it well as for the turnaround I kind of believed it could happen because I thought the defense would get better and Mason Rudolph would get better but I did not expect the defense to be this good. It has been absolutely amazing ever since the Steelers got Mika Fitzpatrick. So uh, it is absolutely amazing, and I think the Steelers are actually uh, positioned pretty well to make a playoff run now. This Thursday night, we're definitely going to find out what the Steelers are made of. Well, on to the next question. The backup quarterback room of the Steelers has been manned with less than optimal options in the past. Not that this ever mattered to the Browns games, right? <laughs> but what's so different about Mason Rudolph? Are fans beginning to view him as their heir apparent, or are folks biding their time until the perennial starter comes back? Uh, Mason Rudolph is different because he was drafted in the third round in 2018, and the reports were the Steelers had a first-round grade on him. So he was viewed as the heir apparent before the season. And now I don't think fans see him that way because he struggled so much. Uh, he started slowly, and basically the problem is he's afraid to make any mistakes. So therefore, he's afraid to take any chances. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. He just does checkdowns and just takes the the extremely safe route. Well, he is getting better at that. He played um, pretty well against the Rams. The problem against the Rams was not him, but the receivers were dropping and fumbling the ball. So uh, he he is improving every week. 
Yeah, for Cleveland, it's another week, another matchup of 2018 quarterbacks. Last week, of course, the game with Josh Allen. This week with Mason Rudolph. I, I don't even know what to think of Mason Rudolph at this point. Going to keep a close eye on his development this game and for the rest of the year as well. Well, we talked a little bit earlier about Fitzpatrick. The Minka Fitzpatrick play seemed like a huge gamble for this organization at the time. Did it worry you then? How do you feel about it now and how it affects the team in the future? Uh, when it first happened, I was surprised because the Steelers never make trades like that. They never trade their first round pick. But after I read up on him, I could see why they made the trade. Um, it didn't hurt that their starting uh, safety Sean Davis just got hurt, so they had an extreme need at the position. But uh, he, you know, he's he's fit perfectly. He has basically been the missing piece on the defense. I've even heard people talk about him being a defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, he has made the defense so good. Fitzpatrick has played amazing, and our old buddy Joe Hayden has also done a stellar job for you guys as well. But I do have a question about your first round pick in this draft. I've kept the close eye on Bush early in this development with this unit. I'm not sure what to think of him yet. Can he be the playmaker that he's replacing? How is this fit in this unit thus far from your perspective? Yeah, I think Devin Bush can be uh, the playmaker that he is replacing. Basically, uh, when the Steelers lost Ryan Shazier, that crippled the defense. Uh, they just could not find that middle linebacker that could cover wide receivers and be a tackle machine and looks like in Devin Bush they finally have that again he's still learning but we could tell that he is going to be really good he makes some crazy athletic plays he's always around the ball and he's another one that's just getting better every week when I watch Bush he definitely seems fast and I'm not really sure what I'm looking at in terms of his instinct, but the thing that I'm missing from him and Shazier is Shazier's length, man. That guy seemed like he was seven feet tall when it came to wingspan or something. And it just seems like Bush is so much more, it's just not more diminutive, if you if you will. I don't know. We'll have to see how he plays this game. I'm going to definitely keep a close eye and see how he performs in this contest. I'm going to run a three-minute piece of audio from Mike Tomlin's most recent press conference. And when I come back, we're going to ask you a quick question about what you think about this guy. As we prepare for Thursday, uh, we're excited about um, AFC North Divisional play. We're excited about being a part uh, of this rivalry. We understand the environment that we're going into. Uh, we understand how important this game is to them and us. Um, it's just AFC North football. And I uh, got a lot of respect for those guys. Um, they got talent in all areas, um, you know, with the acquisition and, and recent um, recent um, use of, of Hunt, man, their backfield tandem uh, with he and Nick Chubb is going to be a big challenge. And I think if you're talking about their offense, man, we better start there. Um, Chubb's almost got 1,000 yards on the season. Um, if you don't slow him down, you know, there's no need to talk about the wide receiver tandem and things you need to do to minimize their impact on the game. All you got to do is look at the, the Baltimore tape uh, to, to have an understanding of that. We better minimize the running game and what that guy brings and what Hunt potentially brings. And not only those guys individually, but increasingly so of late, the use of both of them. And uh, looking at the Buffalo tape with both of those guys employed in the game at the same time is particularly challenging. And I would imagine 
uh, as Hunt is more available to him, that package is going to continue to grow. We're going to have to dis- defend some things in that package this week that we didn't even see on Buffalo tape. But but such is life. So we got some work ahead of us there. Um, Landry and Beckham, um, they're, they're, you know, from a talent standpoint, there's, there's no tandem that approaches those guys. Uh, they're impactful. Um, both guys are the type of guys that merit the type of attention that we that we gave Cooper Cup last week. But, you know, shoot, you can't provide that for both guys uh, and work to minimize Nick Chubb and the run game and so forth. So we got to we got to pick our poison, if you will. We got some tough decisions to make, not only just globally, but in game and situationally in terms of the things that we do to work to minimize their many weapons. And uh, couple that with the fact that they got Baker Mayfield behind the center. Um, we, we got some challenges in terms of minimizing them, particularly in their environment, uh, where, where they get an opportunity to communicate, use cadence as a weapon, and do all the things that offenses do in a home environment. So uh, we got some work there. On the other side of the ball, um, they got talented at every level. Uh, obviously, Miles Garrett is where you start. Um, top draft pick and 10 sack man. Uh, they move him around up front. Uh, we got to do a great job of not only protecting, but we also better do a really good job of making quick decisions and getting the ball out on rhythm. Um, that's complicated because they got some really talented guys on the back end. Guys like Ward and Greedy Williams, man, are, are first-round type talents, obviously first-round players and graded as such. And, you know, they're capable of staying really close to good and man-to-man coverage. Um, they're using a lot of guys at safety, some veteran guys, Morgan Burnett, Randall, um, are very versatile. They're capable of playing a deep defense. Both guys are capable of spinning down into the box and being zone or man. Uh, they just got a lot of flexibility uh, in that secondary. And so that makes that process of making quick reads and distributing the ball quickly before the sand runs through the hourglass with guys like Miles um, Garrett hunting you up front uh, a troublesome thing. But such is life, man. Um, we got a lot of work ahead of us. We got a short time in which to do it. We're excited about it. Uh, we understand what it means, man. We got to make a quick turnaround and take the show on the road. We've been in the comforts of Heinz Field for several weeks, so um, that in itself presents a different set of challenges, one we better be ready for. I've heard Tomlin talk <laughs> so many times about the Cleveland Browns, and this might be the first time I actually heard him sound actually worried about what the challenge was this uh, upcoming game for him, especially when he talked about uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Getting back to the discussion with Joey, earlier in the conversation, you talked about the calls for Tomlin's job. Was that anything more than just frustration over the early struggles, or is it about something deeper? I'm not sure if there's a coach in the league that brings the intense focus and toughness that he provides to your squad. What do you feel makes him uniquely qualified for this spot? Yeah, there's always a percentage of the fan base that wants Tomlin fired because of past seasons where they had so much talent and didn't win the Super Bowl. Not that, you know, I mean, he has his faults, but you know, I don't think he could be, you know, blamed for everything. You know, they just happen to be in the same conference as the Patriots. What do you want to do? They're the, they're one of the best teams ever. Um, I think this season he's doing his best job of his career. And I think he should be considered for coach of the year. Um, the, the knock on him was, oh, you you just won because you had a good quarterback. And well, now he doesn't have a good quarterback and they're still winning. What he does best is he keeps the team focused and together. Um, no matter how many distractions 
distractions there are, and the Steelers have had to deal with some major distractions in the past few years. Uh, his philosophy is, let's put all that aside and just focus on winning, and it works. And the team loves him. They're always, you know, they always buy in. You never see dissension in the team or anything like that. Uh, he, he gets everybody to buy in, so I think that's uh, one of his best uh, features. Okay, I think we're going to wrap up this interview with Joey Bag of Donuts from the Donut Bag Podcast. Uh, But before we wrap this up, a prediction? How do you see this playing out? What will be the major themes and do you have a score for us? Right now, the Steelers win games on their defense and um, their defense is so good right now. I think they're going to rattle Baker Mayfield and disrupt the offense of the Browns. And and the offense will do just enough to win. So I think it'll be low scoring. I think maybe something like 2017, it'll be close. But I do see the Steelers coming out on top. Once again, you've been listening to The Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Thelonious 7. Our guest is Joey Bag of Donuts from the Donut Bag Podcast. Joey, any final words? Yeah, thanks for having me. If you can check me out on uh, my don't, my podcast is called the Donut Bag. Please uh, subscribe. It's you know everywhere podcasts are available: Apple, iHeartRadio, uh, Stitcher, Google, whatever. So thanks for having me on, and um, go Steelers! Oof, why did you have to end the show like that? Now I have to hear something different to clean out my ears. Hold on a second. Hollywood Higgins. How many corners he taught? You've been listening to the opposition's position on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Lonia Seven. Take care. Every time I hit the end zone, it's a it's a red carpet celebration. Um, I get my suit and tie ready. I get my business business attire on. I get my bag and we strut the red carpet and that's what we're gonna do every time. I got I got my whole entourage taking pictures. I got the fans even doing like this, man. It's it's some it's it's unbelievable, man. And I and the feeling of winning is I mean, it, it can't be replaced.